All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And I am the decider. And we are going to stop <laughs> these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. So That's I right. appreciate that uh, as soon as we get a decent title, it's a super political title. Yeah, we are going back to the dark days of the second Bush administration, uh, April 26, 2008. And the episode in question is Mission Accomplished. Which is going back to the first term of the Bush administration. Yes. So for any listeners who uh, have blocked this from their minds or are uh, too young to remember this, which terrifies <laughs> me. <laughs> so, Same. you know, they, uh, there was a war in Iraq that seemed to be going okay at first. And this cult, this early phase culminated with the President of the United States landing in a flight suit on an aircraft carrier uh, and d- giving a speech in front of a big mission accomplished banner. And you know, for that war that's still going on as of now. Yes. Police action. <sighs> and as this war, you know, became increasingly a quagmire, uh, the whole mission accomplished thing was trotted out a lot as something that is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, by today's standards of embarrassing presidential actions, though, it's it's fairly moderate. Oh, it's quaint and charming now. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, to live a decade ago and laugh at ourselves in the past. Oh, to have a president who, <laughs> while stupid, was at least well-intentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, as corrupt as Richard Nixon was at least well-intentioned. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, to even have Nixon now. Oh, that would be so Thanks. wonderful. Nixon may have been a malevolent lunatic, but he was highly competent. <laughs> and he was in a good Doctor Who episode, so... At least he wasn't colluding with any foreign powers for his, you know, terrible... And he was entirely movies. too paranoid to do that. That's fair. That's fair. Right. So, yeah, At least this... Watergate wasn't treason. <laughs> and he was making nice with China at the time, which seemed like a weird thing, but in hindsight, kind of good, but I don't... Things are different, it's... Well, as as the old Vulcan proverb says, only Nixon could go to China. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and we're back. Okay, um. Yeah, first aired April 26, 2008, written by Marsha Griffin, who previously wrote uh, the first part of Megatron Rising, uh, will go on to write a bunch of other uh, animated episodes, and then a whole bunch of Transformers Prime, which she was also the story editor for. Nice. Neat. Yeah. So it's fitting that this is a pretty good episode. Yes. So we begin with, uh, with, a, new, uh, with a new Autobot. And it is Ironhide. Yay! 
sadly not very Peter Cullen-y, just fairly Ironhide-y. Well, it's, uh, it's uh, Corey Burton again, and he uh-huh. is apparently doing an impression of Huell Hauser, mm-hmm. who oh. I'm not familiar with, but I guess he was on American TV. He did, like, a travel show. Sure. I don't know. I didn't watch travel shows. And apparently Ironhide was, uh, at one point, going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh! Or, well, well, he was on the show, but he was going to be familiar. a member of the main cast. That sounds like something I have heard about. I assume he, he eventually metamorphized into what Bulkhead is now, but they kept the character design around? Uh, yes. And, well, I guess when he was going to be part of the main cast, he was going to uh, be sort of a hybrid of his design here, which is very uh, Generation 1 Ironhide. Yeah. But he would have the pickup truck and the big cannons on his arms, uh, like Ironhide in the movie. Uh-huh. Oh, That, that would have been, been... Yeah, that would have been neat, but I really like Bulkhead, so... Yeah, he's sweetie. Yes. Also, as as an aside, I just want to point out that as a child growing up in the Deep South, I did not realize there was anything unusual about Ironhide's speech patterns. <laughs> I just, I just feel that needs to be put out there. Every time I look into a monitor, prime my circuit sizzle. That sounds normal to me. <laughs> Oh, it sounded so weird, but I kind of miss it here. It's not southern enough, but oh well. He's only there for a little bit. It's nice to see him. Yes. Yeah, he he is uh, under attack from a bunch of Decepticons who we don't see, and apparently this is happening all over. Just uh, around the rim of the galaxy, Decepticons are rising up. Uh, <laughs> Conveniently enough. Yes. And uh, Jazz is blaming this on the rumors that Megatron survived. Which, I mean, as far as we know, the only rumors from that are from the Autobots themselves on Earth, who haven't really had a chance to talk with anybody else. Yeah, but I guess, I don't know, maybe there have been whispers. I guess maybe from Lockdown? Oh, yeah. He would totally do something like that. Now give me some money to protect you. Yeah, I'm not sure if he would know at this point. Because he was hired by uh, Blitzwing, mm-hmm. who did not at the time know that Megatron was alive. And as we find out later in this episode, Megatron hasn't been communicating uh, with his troops yet. For a very important reason. Yes, it is a. it will be a plot point. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! And anyway, so of course, uh, Sentinel decides to be a dick about this. Uh, because as he does. Despite his uh, slight softening at the end of last episode, he's still a total dick through the entirety of this episode. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. It'd almost be like last episode hadn't happened if they didn't directly reference the events of the last episode at one point in this one. Yes, yeah. I mean, you can't... I, I guess it makes sense that somebody whose dickishness is as deeply ingrained as Sentinel's couldn't just shift overnight. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, since uh, this is all, this is becoming a problem, uh, Magnus decides that everybody is going to leave the planet. Not only his uh, two fellow elite guardsmen, but also our Earthbound Autobot cast as well. Yep. And so Sari gets another dramatic moment of thinking everyone is going to abandon her. Except this time, like, why couldn't they just take her? 
I assume that the Autobots would not be cool with that. Yeah, but, remember how freaked well, out they were by organics last time? Yeah, yes. well, she could just pull a spridle and hide in their trunk. Well, yeah, she probably would have done that if it had gotten to that, but... Mm-hmm. The point is, she has no legal guardian. Yes, and I, I like that uh, Sentinel's just still calling her small human. Yes. <laughs> Poor thing. As I don't think he's quite mastered the concept of, like, aging yet. Yeah, I don't think he understands that humans change in size as they as they get older. Anyway, Optimus, you know, says that, you know, there's still Decepticons on Earth. We have to stay here. Uh, Magnus doesn't believe him, and Sentinel especially doesn't believe him, and also wants to put him on trial. Yeah, he's still a jerk. He's just a huge jerk. They just need him to testify for the record that Decepticons have yellow, I mean, don't exist. <laughs> and also, there's a spot where Sentinel like implies he could be bribed. Yeah, well, he 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 says that you know, okay, Prime, you know, if uh, you know, if you just tell everybody that Megatron is dead and there are no Decepticons, maybe you can get back into the Elite Guard. Yeah, I I appreciate that we are using this particular episode title, this reference. Uh, for an episode that is entirely about a politically expedient lying. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty edgy for a uh, for a kids cartoon. Yeah. On the other hand, it's almost the inverse of the situation. I mean, I guess to, by 2008, I think pretty much everybody had turned on the president. Yeah. It's, those, those approval ratings pretty low. Yeah. I mean, not like what we have now, but at the time. It seemed pretty epic. Yes. So yeah, Magnus all, you know, if Megatron, you know, we just let everybody think that Megatron is dead, because if, Meg- if Megatron's alive, and also the Allspark is destroyed, uh, all the Autobots would panic, and the Decepticons would be, you know, they're, they'd be heartened. So you just gotta shut it. Politically expedient lying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sentinel floats this bribe, and Optimus is not having it. So he arrests him. (laughs) As you do. Of course, there there is one thing about Magnus' statements earlier that uh, puzzled me a little. Because the Autobots, well, he says that, you know, the Autobots had two main advantages. They had the space bridges, and they had the Allspark. But they didn't have the Allspark. It was lost. That's why they just found it uh, crammed into a Space bridge, it was jammed with rocks. Well, maybe the concept of the AllSpark and the fact that the Decepticons didn't have it and they didn't know where it was? Yeah, that could be it. They could have maybe it they over. initially had it and then they tossed it off into space to hide it. Yeah, I can't remember if they mentioned what happened to it exactly. Well, I, or maybe they just lost it and then the fact that they didn't have it anymore was omitted as a politically convenient lie. Ah. Yeah, but like, but Ratchet knew that they didn't have it or something like at the end of the war. He knew it went somewhere. I mean, as we're going to find out later, Ratchet kind of knows more than the average robot. Yeah. yeah. But I can't remember if it was a thing where they actually lost it or if it was like in the movie where they deliberately shot it into space so that nobody would have it. That is a good question, and I do not recall the answer to it. Something, something, before time began, there was the kind of weird Big Mac-shaped box. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Burgers. <laughs> Man, they should have used that in those Burger King ads uh, for yeah. the uh, first movie. Seriously. Before time began, there was the Whopper. <laughs> we know no, not where it came from, but it teems with delicious beef and spices. I I don't think saying you don't know where the fast food came from is a good marketing strategy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. And of course, it's inaccurate because, as everybody knows, the tie-in hamburger for Transformers was the double stacktacon. Forgot that. Uh, sorry, the barbecue double stacktacon. Actually, that might have been for Revenge of the Fallen because it was like a combiner. I don't even remember that. Because you combine two patties. Oh. <sighs> Why? <laughs> I, I remember being disappointed because how'd you get barbecue sauce when you could get stacker sauce? That's a good point. The stacker sauce is really good. I don't know if we have that in Canada. We don't have it here anymore. Oh. What? I mean, I haven't been to a Burger King in a long time. I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast, but the Burger King where I was living was so bad that it was a meme on the city subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, it was that bad. Was it like that the one episode of 30 Rock where uh, Tracy Jordan talks about how... Uh, in his old neighborhood, a, a pack of feral dogs took over and successfully ran a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, I think it was kind of like that. <laughs> no, because that implies they were more competent and successful. Yeah, <laughs> they would probably occasionally get your order right. <laughs> Just randomly mashing the keys with their paws. <laughs> Eventually, you'd have to get be right it. Yeah. Anyway, so we. Uh, Optimus is under arrest, and we cut to the river and a garbage barge. And, uh, wait, uh, this is the wrong episode. Uh, kind of, yeah. It's like, are there rivers in Detroit big enough for barges? Well, well there's that the Detroit big? River. Yeah. Oh, the one the one that gets set on fire? No, that was the Cuyahoga in Cleveland. Yes. Oh. That was different. <laughs> yeah, now, I don't believe the Detroit River has ever caught fire. But no, the Detroit River is what is between uh, Windsor and Detroit. Oh, so in the, the future of this series, Detroit has expanded and it's on both sides of the river. No, no, no I think the other I, the other side must still be Windsor, I think, because they talk about international waters, which yeah. is incorrect. Yeah. And I believe in the next episode we see the Ambassador Bridge, which connects the two cities. But in fact, Detroit means Detroit, or the Straits, in French. Mm-hmm. Oh. That sounds like a place I don't want to live. What, because it's French? You racist? No, because it's the Straits. Oh. <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> the Rouge I River in there. Detroit has caught fire in the past, shortly after and to a lesser extent than the Cuyahoga did. Oh. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why they called it the Rouge. <laughs> because it was red with fire. Yes. Well, speaking of red things in the river, in the yeah, garbage uh, on the scowl. It's speaking Star of Scream. garbage, <laughs> it's starbage. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. 
And yes, despite being killed, or seemingly killed by Megatron in the uh, season finale, he lives. Although he can't find any Decepticon life signatures, including his own. Yeah, that's... that's Yeah, which is... That's thing. scary. That's strange. That should be a warning sign. Yeah. Yeah, that's worrisome. So yeah, he gets up and uh, flies off to uh, the Decepticon base. At this Decepticon base, uh, Blitzwing and Lugnut are testing out the Decepticon signal dampener, which Professor Sumdak has built for them, and kind of works like the beast, mo- like the beast modes did in Beast Machines. Yep, hides yeah, their which, signals so no one can Which explains why they don't have a signal, but it's a bit before we get well. What may be the reason Starscream doesn't have a signal? Yes. Although I don't know how you differentiate between Autobot and Decepticon in this series. I mean, there seems to be, like, a biological difference between Decepticons and Autobots. In general, yeah, but, like, Lockdown. He was an Autobot and is a de- sort of a Decepticon. Yeah, I'm He's not more sure. a free agent. But I think he started out as an Autobot, if I remember correctly. That'll come next season, I think. Or no, I think later this season. Oh. I believe you are correct about that. So yeah. we'll have to see if they mention a Decepticon signature when we get to that. Yes. So I can't remember. I don't think they called him a Decepticon in his uh, in the Thrill of the Hunt. I think no. they went out of their way to call him not a Decepticon. Yeah. So maybe it was just like a Transformer life signature. Aha. Hmm. Because yeah, in this series there is like a biological difference. Well, I mean not biological, but like a genetic difference between the two factions. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I don't think we ever actually get into the creation of. Uh, Transformer life in this series, but I, given how cartoon heavy it is, it might be a Quintesson thing. I mean, protoforms are mentioned. Yes. Like, I I think at some point they call Sari a protoform or something. Right, but we don't get, find out where they came from, like, in the first place. Well, that's, that's true. Maybe the difference is just a petrol versus diesel kind of thing. Uh, (laughs) Maybe. Definitely producing some Decepticon emissions there. He's using unleaded, he's using leaded. (laughs) Oh my goodness! I mean, they're they're the bad guys. They'd be using all sorts of pollutants. Yeah, and well, I guess it might be tied into their scale that their energy requirements are different, since they're all this is possible. But then again, uh, Magnus is the same size as Starscream. Yeah, but he is a damn big Autobot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Megatron is a little impressed with this, but too bad. You know, what have you done for me lately? And what he wants you to do for, and what he wants Sumdak to do for him lately, is to make a subspace communicator so he can contact everybody in, uh, contact all of his Decepticon forces. You know. So, Sumdak says, you you know, we're, you know, this is like 2050. We're not advanced enough yet. We need, I need something to make like tachyon energy. And nobody on Earth has that. Megatron has thought of this, and, Says that, uh, and he, so he sends uh, Blitzwing and Lugnut off to steal one from the uh, Elite Guard ship. Says, "Haha, noob Earth creatures." <laughs> yes. Learn to tech. Also, I kind of love this. Might be a spoiler for the end of the episode, although I don't feel like it's that big one. He wants the communicator so he can stop the uh, Decepticons on the outskirts of the galaxy from doing their random destabilizing attacks so he can ultimately go and order them to continue doing random destabilizing attacks on the outskirts of the galaxy. 
but he wants them to be doing it under his command. That's very important. Yeah, and presumably sure in different important. ways. Right, like he, he'll know the exact places to strike seemingly randomly to carry out his ultimate plan. Yeah, you know. Okay, I'll give you that. So, while all this is going on, the Autobots are trying to figure out what to do with Sari, and luckily they know one human who is not a (laughs) supervillain, and that is Captain Fanzone. And they show up at his place while Fanzone is wearing a very stylish bathrobe. Yes. I mean, they do know other humans that aren't supervillains. There's Porter C. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They, have they, wait, oh yeah, they have technically met the mayor? But I don't think you can drop off a child with a mute. Like, when he's running the city, so he's kind of busy. Not that the yeah. muteness is a problem, he just never talks. I mean, presumably he does talk. I, I'm not sure. He just prefers not to. Yeah. He's got like, that press secretary. Yeah, that's her job. I, I think he non-verbally communicates. <laughs> he translates. Mayor Blackgar Boltagon Edsel. Man. <laughs> Poor black car Boltagon. He tries. And uh, Fanzone is uh, not 100% okay with this. No. He does not like machines, and he does not like kids. No. Which, I and mean, come on. Would you leave your kid with him? I mean, he's obviously responsible. He's uh, like a police captain. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, again, if my other choice was like a man made of acid or uh, the angry archer. <laughs> <laughs> my options are very limited here. They really should have met more people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I guess they were busy being giant robots fighting Decepticons. Uh. I, I suspect part of Fanzone's objection is that he'd have a lot of explaining to do to his wife. <laughs> yes. Who we, who we never see. No, but who we hear exists. She isn't even mentioned in this one, though. I think the only time we've heard is like the first time he showed up. Well, I think it episode. was later. I can't remember when it was. It was something to do with the police drones where they... Or no, it was Total Meltdown because they were talking about how there oh. was a problem the last time they were demonstrating with Fanzone's wife. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's possible, but probably not given how flippantly it was discussed, that she was just pulped like that dude in RoboCop. Probably not. Well, that would be why he hates machines. <laughs> oh man, that is that is dark. <laughs> it's like Frank Miller's Transformers animated. Yeah. Oh man. There'd be more ninjas though, and I say that knowing that there are already ninjas. Exactly. Man. <laughs> three and a half. Oh, and, and it takes place in future Detroit, much like RoboCop two and three, which Frank Miller wrote. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's more evidence stacking up all the time. I mean, is Captain Fanzone also doing his best to stem the uh, nuke epidemic? Maybe. <laughs> as far as we know. Uh, so anyway, well, while this is going on, uh, Optimus is still trying to convince Sentinel that there are Decepticons, and Sentinel telling him that there aren't because their ship doesn't detect any. Yeah, he's a jerk. He doesn't know what yes. he's talking about. And he super doesn't know what he's talking about, because as this is happening, uh, Lugnut and Blitzwing make a wrong toy at Albuquerque. 
Yes. And just tunnel under uh, the uh, the ship and steal their tachyon transmitter, which is conveniently just kind of uh, lightly attached to the underside of it. Well, yeah, it's probably like an antenna. Yeah. That, okay, I guess that, that kind of makes sense. But there's so many things wrong about the, it. It's on the outside. The important part is on the outside. They have apparently no security cameras under the vehicle or the, the spaceship. I mean, they've got that big energy shield. Obviously, nobody's just going to tunnel underneath. Yeah, I mean, why would anyone do that? That's ridiculous. You think you'd have a camera near your door, something? Like rear backup sensors, something, anything? I mean, when you're in space, who's going to come up and, like, start taking your stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's just that sometimes you aren't in space. Nobody notices a hole there wide enough to fit two Decepticons through. Yeah, maybe it's, fine. or maybe they're also invisible to video cameras, like uh, like the X Men after they went through the Siege Perilous. Ooh, it's mm. a good mm. point. Maybe I just wanted to mention the Siege Perilous. I, I am all in it. favor of any mention of the Siege Perilous. So they they grab this, they hightail back to base, and then but Starscream is right on their tail. <gasps> oh no. And indeed, as they pr- as they hand this thing over to Megatron, Starscream uh, drops in, opens fire, and Megatron just blasts him, killing him again. Yes. Uh, that, that was short. Yep, they, they check to see if he's alive. He's got no spark. And uh, then Lugnut and Blitzwing just uh, toss his uh, body into the river. And uh, maybe it's because I've been watching the new Twin Peaks, but I expected that music to start kicking in. They uh, they should have wrapped him in plastic first. Yes. (laughs) So, now, presumably when he was a ghost, it was because he had a spark. You know, it was just a spark. But now if he has no spark, is he a zombie? A a revenant, maybe? Kind of. Yeah. Well, we find out it's because he has a bit of the all spark. Stuck in his head. Well, that's so that... fine. That's what's reanimating his corpse. But, but yeah, that's like he's a zombie. I mean, well, yeah, I'm not sure what the term for him is here. Um, like, zombie implies sort of a mindlessness. Yeah, I I suppose it depends on. Oh, wait, no, wouldn't he be more like a vampire because he's soulless? Well, but he's not uh, drinking yeah. blood or anything. I know. Or well, I oil. I, can't think of any other mythological creature that isn't supposed to have a soul. Uh, a ghoul? Those are zombies. Oh. Um, zombies I'm just going to go with Revenant, name. then. Or, uh... Sure. I'll allow it. A Revenant or Lich? Oh, a Lich. Yeah. Ooh. Lich might work. Now, Liches tend to be necromancers themselves, though. Well, um... He will raise an army. I guess that's well, this, true. This, this is true. I've also heard uh is like a like a fetch is that a uh like an archaic term for some sort of revenant? That sounds familiar. Maybe I'm just trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe you are. Yeah, a, a fetch is a supernatural double or an apparition of a of a living person. So that's not quite right. So that's kind of a doppelganger. Okay. Maybe re- a revenant is a visible ghost or animated corpse. That is believed to have revived from death to haunt the living. So I might go with Revenant here. 
guess. Yeah. That does seem like a good choice. Or, or I guess we could go with some old definitions of ghost where it actually was a physical body just wandering around and you had to lay it to rest by putting it in a box and sinking it in a lake or something. Yay! Oh, and are, is this Which, going to end with oh, like, Megatron sewing Starscream's eyes shut and burying him in the cro- <laughs> at the crossroads? Aww. Well, we do get something kind of like that later. We do. So yeah, he he revives after being thrown in the uh, in the ri- in the river. Oh, and after and then Megatron he just keeps coming back, and we get as Megatron makes this speech to his troops, we get the death montage. Oh, it's so, so good. good. Oh yeah, it, like it, it started, and I thought it was going to start with a montage. And for a bit, I thought, oh wait, did I remember it wrong? Was there no montage? And then a couple scenes right later, after he finds out he has no spark, oh. Okay, yeah, there is a death montage. I did definitely, not just make definitely a montage. And I seem to recall that somebody on one of the Transformers forums set this to Yakety Sax. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'm sure that's happened. I do kind of remember that. One of the MSTFs uh, at, during the ending credits was uh, this and some various other uh, Starscream's deaths to uh, They Might Be Giants, When Will You Die? <laughs> Which is an excellent choice. <laughs> yeah, so despite being repeatedly murdered, Starscream is pretty jazzed about all this because, you know, he's got this chunk of allspark in his head. He is immortal. He has inside him blood of kings. <laughs> yes. He does, however, still have a rival. Well, yes. <laughs> That's true. And indeed, that rival is kind of trying to decapitate him with a sword. That's true. Yep. And just... As you do. Repeatedly murdering him without even trying. Like one time he catches one of Starscream's bombs and just throws it back at him. The great thing Not about even this is how look. No. The, the body language of the two. Starscream is so into trying to murder Megatron. And Megatron is just not having it. No, he's just, he's done. He just, uh, he's so <laughs> exasperated. He's so tired from him. He already delivered the perfect one-liner. He doesn't want to revisit it and ruin it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, this entire scene is is over. Like Megatron is talking over in the his uh, Ansible faster than light communication to the other Decepticons. Yes, fellow Decepticons, take heed. Your leader Megatron still lives, though we remain dispersed through the far reaches of the galaxy, exiled from our true home. We are all still Decepticons, united by a common purpose. The time has come for us to put aside our differences and act as one under my undisputed leadership. Only then can we cast off the shackles of Autobot oppression. Working together, we can raise up our glorious empire once more and crush all who stand in our way. Oh, I just realized this is a direct parody of what Megatron says at the end, or what Optimus says at the end of every Michael Bay movie. Oh, yeah. It's a good point. Man, they should have ended this montage with some Lincoln Park. <laughs> no. Yep. No one should ever end anything with Lincoln Park. <laughs> should just no, never be Lincoln Park. Just no. And then sure. bring out a, a gold painted animated sound wave. <laughs> God damn it. No. <laughs> that stupid thing. You, you thought you could command the Decepticons? You couldn't lead a parade. Oh, oh, oh that's, that's fantastic. Which reminded me a lot of a line from the G1 cartoon where he says that he couldn't lead ant droids to a picnic. 
but I think <laughs> that you can't lead a parade is probably a little more dignified than mentioning yes. ant droids. Oh, yeah, okay. this uh, this series is sadly lacking in made up robot animals. Yeah, yeah. alas. Although, th- thank you for saying that, Alex. Because otherwise, I couldn't understand one of my notes that I apparently scrolled quickly. And uh, Starscream can't read a parade, is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh. like, wait, what the hell does that mean? He can't read that uh, parade magazine that comes in newspapers. He's never going to be able to uh, know the answer to that brain teaser from Marilyn Voss Savant. It's sad. It's sad. Ask your grandparents, kids. Yeah, seriously. Parade magazine. <laughs> I love, during the montage, that they reuse the clip of Lugnut and Blitzwing tossing Starscream off the cliff. And then Starscream waking up out of bed like he's having a nightmare in the middle of the river. <laughs> yes, poor guy. Honestly, if there was spooky music over this, it would be somewhat Lynchian. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it that. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, like, uh, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. There's a Chumbawamba by Tub Thumping. No, Chumbawamba is the band. Okay. Tub Thumping is the song. And the point is, as David implies, that Starscream does get knocked down, but he gets up again, and you're never going to keep him down. Yes. (laughs) I love that that is, like, an intensely political band, and then that's just their one hit. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's a very popular football anthem. And by that I mean American football. Or not American. I mean specifically not American football. Footy. I mean, probably both in the 90s. It's a footy anthem. Yeah, that's true. I think it's been probably been replaced with Seven Nation Army now. God damn it. From uh, Detroit band The White Stripes. I love The White Stripes. Oh. I hate mm-hmm. sports. Oh, I I like sports. I mean, some sports. Not a big soccer guy, but uh, oh. I mean, hockey season is over. I can already feel my uh, my strength sapping away. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So long until the fall. Anyway, so Starscream finally realizes that, uh, you know, getting murdered repeatedly is not really going to help me do anything. But luckily, his uh, the chunk of Allspark in his head that gives him a shard sense, which allows him to find one uh, that is wedged in a nearby garbage truck. <gasps> An oddly done. familiar looking garbage truck. Yes. Yeah, this... It isn't. Uh-huh. So we're back on the elite guard ship. Uh, Magnus is trying to get primed. Uh, you know, just just go along with this. Come on, just we'll go. We'll have a nice time on Cybertron. Just tell the politically expedient lie so we can go home. Yeah. But hey, the sensors are picking up a big shard of Allspark. Uh, of Allspark, it is lodged in a train. Yeah, you know, and it's like a a. Like a fast train, like a bullet train, man. Yes. It's the future, and we actually have that. Yeah, well, it was it was the first act of President Elon Musk. Yes. <laughs> Apparently. So, yeah, Magnus and Jazz go out to get it. Uh, Sentinel stays behind and guards Optimus, and it does kind of a bad job of it, because Prime detects Starscream, and when Sentinel won't let him go, uh, he... He wrangles him into getting the cuffs on himself. Yes. And then just leaves him there. 
Because yep. these are stasis cuffs, which I guess put you into stasis lock. Apparently, which, you know, hmm. that's a useful thing when you're dealing with robots. So, and, and luckily this, this, uh, this distress call also interrupts another awkward session with Captain Fanzo. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're in a park, they're on the swings. It's pretty cute. And Captain Fanzone is too heavy to be on the swings. Yeah, poor guy. Which, I don't know. The, the Weight limit exceeded. Those usually have good safety limits, especially in the future. I think they'd be better unless it's, like, decades old. Or Captain Fanzone is just that fat. Poor guy. He's not really fat. He's he's more um, kingpin-ish. Yeah, it's all muscle, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he is a, you know active police person. Presumably they have physicals, unless, like, the robots do all the work, and, like, the actual uh, Detroit cops are all like the uh, the humans in Up, or in uh, Wall-E. Aw, uh, that's possible. <laughs> well, as you know, because we see a bunch of, like, regular cops. Yeah. yeah. I assume he's just got the physique of, like, 1950s Superman, who's supposed to be strong, but it's from that era when bodybuilding hadn't started yet. Yeah, it wasn't to the point where people just, like, starved themselves for muscle definition. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a real, like, sort of athlete gone to seed with him. Could see that. Yeah. Like, he was probably, like, the star linebacker in college. I was going to say, he was, like, the star of his high school football team. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe like, he blew out his knee or something, and so he uh, went into police work. Did he take an arrow to the knee? <laughs> well, we already have I talked mean, about his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless he, unless the uh, football in fifty years has become like mutant ball. Oh, it should well, though. No, I was thinking he just got hit by Angry Archer's first job. Well, that job. too, maybe that. And he didn't too. have the, and he didn't have like the gimmick arrows yet. He just had the regular arrows. Oh, yeah. Although bringing up futuristic football, has anyone else here been reading seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy-six? Yes, it's excellent. What? Uh, it's a thing on SB Nation. It's like a speculative science fiction thing that is kind of tangentially related to football. SB oh. Nation? Oh. It's a it's a network of sports blogs. Oh, oh, sports. Well, there's your problem. Yeah. It's very good though. It it's it's as if Christine Love started writing about football. I, so it's really okay, gay. Okay, that's sounds. Well, okay, it's not really gay so far, but. Well, I mean, it could be eventually. Should be just describing it. Sports blog just doesn't. I mean, trying to get me to read a long article online is a problem to begin with. But sports, why? I mean, it's not a traditional article. I guess we'll send you a link. <laughs> we'll include a link in the show notes. Yes. If it was about cricket, I might read it because cricket is hilarious. It's not about cricket. You'll have to give me the link because I don't have a link to that. All right, we'll 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 get you a link. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, Starscream is going to. Uh, yeah, his plan is that Megatron will try and yoink this Allspark fragment out, and then the whole thing will explode. Which, but he is hovering above the fray, uh, where nobody can see him. So looks like it's Ultra Magnus and Jazz who are going to do this instead. Ah, <gasps> oops. I mean, not that oops, he doesn't care. He's going to kill all of them. Starscream considered his lucky day. Yeah. Yes. But it ends up being his unlucky day. Eventually, but... Yes, so the 
do we the skip Autobots... over when Fanzone says, "This is why I hate kids"? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> exactly. I think that's when the sp- when the swing breaks. Oh yeah. Yep. After Sari is delivering her list of terms for being adopted by him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, she's no she's not crazy about bedtimes. She's going to need a big allowance. Yes. And there was something else in there. She's anyway, she, uh, you, you do not want to adopt this kid. No. He's going to be a real pain. Yes. Although apparently she can live on, like, dead fish and, uh, oil barrels. Yeah. Maybe eventually they figured out what people eat. Presumably. <laughs> I would hope she's so. She's still alive, so I think. <laughs> Got a big bag of human chow. Aww. <laughs> From the makers of Bachelor Chow. <laughs> <Shit. laughs> yeah, so we so we do a rescue operation. Uh, Prowl uses his ninja powers to uh, slice the passenger cars off the uh, locomotive. The shurikens did something for once. They finally worked. Yes. Is this the first time they've really worked? I think they worked in the pilot. Oh, I guess as a distraction they can't work, but I think this is the first time they've actually successfully cut something. In the pilot, they cut off Megatron's arm. Yes. Oh, right, I forgot about that. And they, um, he used them to beat Colossus Rhodes the first time. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, did not work was, on subsequent times. That was easily countered. That kind of well, doesn't count. I mean, easily countered is kind of Prowl's modus operandi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was I Magnus and uh, go. Uh, was I mishearing when Jazz referred to the Allspark fragment in the train? He referred to it as a small spark. Yes, yes, it was yes adorable. He did. Yes, he did. Jazz is a so lot of great. fun on the show. He yeah. is. He does. Although, although Magnus and him were also trying to hit the spark, or hit the fragment on the train with their weapons, which does not seem like a good idea at all. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't no. really seem to have much of a plan there, did they? No. No. Jazz, stop hitting it. Stand aside so I can hit it with my bigger hammer. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe you don't want to hit it with a great big hammer. That's not true, though. He absolutely wants to hit it with a great big hammer. That just I mean, shows when, exactly got, what when all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Apparently. Yeah, like, that just sh- Like, wasn't Starscream's plan to have this blow up? And hitting the, the spark doesn't cause it to blow up? Your plan's not working. I mean, I guess they expected that Megatron would actually try and pull it out, as opposed to try and hitting it with something. Well, that doesn't cause it to explode immediately, either. I mean, Starscream's just not very good at doing this. That's true. He's not very good at things, in general. In Starscream's defense, how much experience does anybody in this setting have with all spark fragments and what they do? Well, this is true. That's true. So they they get Sari on top of the train with Bumblebee. She uses her key to uh, pull the shard out and then ratchet uh, using his magnets and bulkhead using his bulkheadness uh, grab the locomotive and stop it from crashing. Can we call it his (laughs) bulkheadedness? Sure. I was going to say just using his bulk. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Although Optimus is holding him with a tow line as well. Yes. (laughs) Oh, and Starscream calls himself a Harrier Jet while he's flying about? Yes, because Megatron and... I mean, he may be like a futuristic Harrier Jet. But I, he, I assume he can hover. Maybe, maybe that's what they are in the future. I think he does, but it, it's just not a design that looks like the current Harrier Jet, which is massively outdated. Oh, well, yes. 
because yeah, Megatron and uh, I believe Blitzwing show up. Megatron Lugna, I can't remember which. No, not no Lugna. Okay, Megatron Blitzwing show up and, because they have noticed this shard as well, and they're kind of aware that it's a trap. <laughs> like this looks like the kind of thing that is a trap. Yeah, because Starscream is flying over the train, but they fly over him and easily spot him. So many yeah. flaws in this plan. <laughs> He's is not as good as you might think. Yeah. So Ultra Magnus is pretty peeved at uh, Optimus because. That he's busted out a stir, and there's still no Decepticons. Uh, and indeed, Sentinel has got out of his cuffs and is there accusing Prime of assaulting an officer. That's harsh, man. So yeah, so, yeah where true. are these Decepticons, Optimus? Where are they? And then one crashes right into the ground. <laughs> Yay! Starscream, master of dramatic timing. Yes. And Sentinel, who has never seen a Decepticon up close, is terrified. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, what is that? And I'm like, it's clearly a Cybertronian? I mean, come on. And I guess that sort of advances the whole, they're different species. It's like, it's like humans seeing a giant. Yeah, I mean, they're, and that's the thing too, is that Starscream is even noticeably bigger than Ultra Magnus. So mm. yeah, it's, it's huge. And Optimus's clapback is great. It's just, that's a Decepticon. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you've never seen one. <laughs> he's, he's a real Decepticon hipster here. Yes. So yeah, probably uh, haven't even heard of it. takes out Ultra Magnus with a single shot, which is admittedly right in his face. Yeah. It's nice to have a reminder that the Decepticons are all on their own major threats. Yes, and indeed the Autobots can do nothing against him, even. Jazz, who tries and smack him with his nunchucks. Yeah. He's a ninja. Yeah, this this might be the best example of a, how dangerous a single Decepticon is, because he's shrugging off anything they shoot at him. After he got shot by Megatron and crashed into the ground, he just stood back up from being resurrected, and he's, he's just sl- shoulders slumped, shooting people, doesn't give a crap, and is walking away. He is no-selling everything. <laughs> yes. So it's Optimus who comes up with a plan, uh, which of course Sentinel does not approve of. But Jazz has to tell him that you know maybe don't fight until after we've finished not dying here. <laughs> yeah. I love the implicit, dude. You didn't have a plan in that. Yes. Yeah. So he has Sentinel use his shield to draw uh, Starscream's fire, while Optimus sneaks up behind him. And then slaps the stasis cuffs on him. <laughs> Good job. And, uh, yes, as mentioned earlier, uh, as they're taken prisoner, they also rivet his mouth shut. Yes. It's very uh, low-key. Presumably which... they also, like, filled it with, uh, I don't know, silver or something first? <laughs> Garlic? Maybe, maybe. And, I yeah, they're going to bury both... him at the crossroads. Yes, that's both appropriate to a vampire or, you know, your local trickster. <laughs> I think Starship doesn't have any powers involving that. They just hate him and he won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not going to be able to successfully convince anybody of anything, but they want him to shut up. 
So before, so the uh, the elite guard is going to leave, but Ultra Magnus now realizes that hey, Mega, the you know there are Decepticons on Earth, and uh, Sentinel Prime, even though he beat you up and was insubordinate, uh, you suck, and he was correct. So you're coming with me. But Optimus Prime and his crew will stay on Earth to uh, locate the rest of the Allspark and to capture the rest of the Decepticons. And to help you in this, we're giving you a box of stasis cuffs. Yay! Huzzah! And this also, of course, overjoys Sari, who will no longer have to live with Captain Fanzone. But she promises that, you know, we could still hang out. <laughs> and he is thrilled to hear I'll, it. I'll clear my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I love the sight gag of Bulkhead and, was it Optimus? Carrying Starscream across two lanes of highway traffic in robot mode, lying on top of him. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the stasis lock is slightly different than it was in Beast Wars. They're stuck in whatever pose they were in when the cuffs were stuck on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just frozen. In stasis. Locked in stasis. Yeah, one might say. But they can still talk. Unless, you know, you rivet, rivet their, their mouth shut. shut. Because they're annoying. Because they're Starscream. So we cut back to the Decepticon base. Megatron still has that communications device. And as we also find out here, he has a double agent on Cybertron. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Who could it be? It's a guy we actually haven't seen yet, but still. Yeah, we don't know yet. But we will find out. We will indeed. And you, I'm not sure if you could find out uh, at this point yet on the toy shelves or not. <laughs> no, I think it was late. And it, it was a neat idea because it was dropped here. And it's like, there's a spy. It's like, neat. We haven't effectively had that before. Not counting yeah. double cross, which was... Oh, you mean uh, punch, counter punch? Yeah, oh yeah, punch, counter punch. Yeah, you better yes. be careful. I, I hear my Autobot counterpart is nearby. Real nearby. nearby. Yeah, that that wasn't uh, a successful spy. I mean, it fooled them. Yeah. I don't know how. Well, because they were Generation 1 Decepticons and they were imbeciles. What? Yeah. Yes. Have I ever mentioned on Icon Underground or on this show my pitch for a uh, one-shot punch-counterpunch issue like they did for the uh, spotlights? I don't think so, no. I I know you've told it to me. I don't think it was on any podcast, though. Okay, so it's two ten-page stories of Punch and Counterpunch being assigned by the Autobots and Decepticons to assassinate his opposite. Uh And then the middle is just a two-page spread of him lounging in a beach chair sipping Energon. (laughs) (laughs) So... It would be a flip comic where you read it from either direction. Exactly. Yes. And in the middle, he's just having a vacation. It's like Spy versus Spy when they're both the same dude. (gasps) Dun-dun. And this is also where Megatron tells everybody about his big plan, which is that he is going to draw the Autobots away from Cybertron with these Outer Rim attacks. And then once they're drawn away from Cybertron enough, he will attack with the uh, newly with the with the Decepticon space bridges. 
which he will have created with the help of Isaac Sumdak. That's right. Megatron has plans. Megatron has played the first Mass Effect. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, the top Autobot uh, tacticians got stuck on uh, about halfway through. But uh, they can tell you that uh, that blue chick, she's pretty hot. (laughs) Also, I think there were some robots or something. Somewhere (laughs) in there, you know. I've never played Mass Effect. That's yeah, okay. I, I imagine they were offended by the whole all AI are evil thing that they had going on in the setting. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's like an in-setting belief, not actually true. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that is mission accomplished. This, uh, I guess much like the first episode, really really sets up everything for the next uh, for the next season going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it did kind of take a couple episodes to get to that, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. We had a, an episode-long Headmaster Detour, which allowed them to play around with Sentinel Prime some more, which I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. It's always nice to have people screwing with Sentinel Prime. Yes. Because yeah, he, he's a jerk. And he was getting and a toy, so it. he deserves some more screen time, too. That's right. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Gotta sell those toys. Gotta move that plastic. <laughs> yep. Ultra Magnus's speech at the end, talking about how they're going to stay on Earth, could have been the animated season two equivalent of Gary Chuck, Cybertron Optimus Prime, telling everyone about the Cyber Planet Keys. <laughs> <laughs> Our worlds are in danger. <laughs> I was thinking we were going to talk about Gary Chuck's speech at the end of Beast Wars Part Two, where he'd be all, and let it be called Transformers Animated. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would not be good at all. <laughs> let it be here on this strange primitive world. Uh, well, they almost could have done, like Transformers animated by all spark fragments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in the case of Starscream, it's Transformers reanimated. Well, yeah, <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> it's because he's a zombie. Although sadly, not Transformers reanimator uh, because. Uh, Jeffrey Combs won't be on the show until the next series. <laughs> yes. Alas. Cheetor dead details later. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that is Mission Accomplished. It's an episode that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, yeah. same. It's a good episode. The, the Starscream bits are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I was appreciating Captain Fanzone showing up. Uh, my... One regret about this episode is that this is the last time we really get to see Ultra Magnus do anything, and I really like Ultra Magnus. Yeah, that's a shame. We don't get much more of Jazz after this either, do we? I think he shows up a little bit, but no, not much. And I like Jazz, too. Yeah. We do get a fair bit of Sentinel going forward. Aw, but he's a jerk. I know, not quite a lovable jerk, but an amusing jerk? Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, we'll be back with another episode next week, but until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Tumblr, we are on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with uh, hosting costs, which which have gone up again, and various other subscriptions and equipment upgrades. Uh, That is at Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. 
and we have now started doing Patreon exclusive episodes. Uh, for a single dollar a month, uh, you can hear us talk about various movies such as uh, Transformers The Last Night, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and we will be doing a Spider-Man episode going forward. Mm. So, Sometime this month. Yes. So come by, donate, and yeah, help us out and get uh, some new episodes. And that's for a single dollar. What can you even buy with a single dollar? I know, right? Like a coffee? No. No. Bottle of diet root beer, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Like, and it would have to be like an off-brand diet root beer. I mean, yeah, it's a good off-brand, though. But whole extra <laughs> yeah. podcast episodes that so far have been around two hours? I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Or Frank Miller's writing our podcast now. <laughs> no! My podcast no. screams. My God, the Bees? Or was that another comic? No, that was uh, that was the Wicker Man. Ha <laughs> No, no, yes. there's, there's a Batman comic where he complains about bees. Oh, no, that is not. That was Amazon's Attack. Yes. Oh. A deadly bee weapon. Uh. Bees. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No, uh, if you want Frank Miller, you've got uh, Wonder Woman shoving dudes aside, saying one side sperm bank. Ah, uh, yes. <sighs> oh, Frank Miller. We leave the costumes on. It's better that way. <laughs> Are you dense? Are you retarded or something? I'm the goddamn Batman. Ah. Uh... Frank Miller, everybody. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, and you can also find our podcast uh, wherever finer podcasts are found, both on iTunes and on Google Play. Uh, wherever it is, please rate and review us. So join us back here in seven days when things are going to get a little weird. Yeah, it's going to be garbage. <laughs> we'll have garbage going in and garbage coming out. So until then, put down that chainsaw and listen to me. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Maybe we need a break before we do the next one? Uh, I am going to need just a moment to get my weasel some weasel chow. Okay. Should we split our recordings? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best idea just to, you know, 
so we don't lose two recordings if anything tragic happens. Yeah, all right. I'll just hit that. So I just hit stop here, do I? Yeah, hit stop. <laughs>